In our opening words this morning, the theologian Starhawk speaks to the power of community. It is a place where we can speak with passion without having the words catch in our throats. Community means strength that joins our strength to do the work that needs to be done, arms to hold us when we falter, a circle of healing, a circle of friends, some place where we can be free. Today's bridging ceremony demonstrates the power of created community. The young people who are being raised in this congregation are supported by their families and by religious education teachers and coming-of-age mentors and by one another, and they offer back to the community their own insights and gifts and hat tricks. We feel the power of community each time we gather in this sanctuary and feel the loving presence of others who carry their own sorrows and joys in life. We feel the power of community on Mondays in the vestry when neighbors, friends, and strangers serve and are served side by side and join in breaking bread together. We feel the power of community each time a meal is prepared and received by someone needing a little extra care or when a phone call or a visit is made to someone in need of companionship. In some ways, the characteristics of a community emerge on their own, somewhat organically. You just get the right mix of people and circumstances and love and beauty and compassion just emerge. But we can also be intentional in what we're cultivating and how we create the kind of community we want to be. Tis the season of gardening, and so I'm reminded of how similar tending to a community can be to gardening. I'm a novice gardener, but I know that careful planning goes into creating just the right environment for plants to grow and thrive. Sometimes the pH needs to be adjusted just a little bit, or certain nutrients are missing. And if you really want to grow peppers, you have to make sure the soil is just at the right temperature. And of course, there are some things we just simply can't control, like how many sunny or rainy days we might get. Being creators and cultivators of community is a lot like gardening, I think. We put thought and intention into doing our best to cultivate and nurture the kind of environment we want, the kind of environment we can thrive in. Now I'll ask you to think for just a moment about the qualities that you want to experience in a community. I want to be part of a community that is, just let your mind fill in the blank. Perhaps some of the words that come to mind are loving, compassionate, peaceful, fun. Am I missing any? Anyone want to shout one out? Challenging, non-judgmental, generous, forgiving, vibrant, just, beautiful, musical, it's beautiful. Well, one of the characteristics that I've been thinking more about lately is resilience. With all of the challenges that we face in our individual lives and on a global level, 
How is it that we bounce back? Resilience can be defined as the ability of a substance or object to spring back into shape or the capacity to recover quickly from difficulties. Our natural world contains remarkable examples of resilience. One striking image of this is when abandoned buildings, perhaps you've seen this before, become overtaken by plant life. In rural England, you can find many abandoned churches now that are covered in ivy to the point that you can no longer see the bricks that make up the churches, and you can just barely make out the steeples. Resilience can also have psychological and spiritual meaning. John Paul Liederach, a Mennonite activist and professor of international peacebuilding, writes this about resiliency. We could say the defining quality of resiliency is the capacity to stay in touch. Resiliency as applied to the challenge of the life journey requires finding a way back to humanity the sense of personhood and community that creates authenticity and purpose. One of the reasons I think we gather in a community like this one at the Unitarian Church of Montpelier is to find our way back and to find a sense of common purpose. Our life together here is shaped by a common mission and now a common vision as well, at least for the next five years. And in the vision statement the congregation passed in February, we articulated some bold aspirations, and I want to read just a portion of it for you. As the climate crisis continues, we are recognized in central Vermont as a source of moral and ethical guidance. We support one another to make the difficult and urgent personal changes necessary to live sustainably. We arrive at church on foot, on bikes, or in carpools. As an integral part of Montpelier's transition from oil dependency to community resiliency, we continue to make our building more energy efficient and to reduce our use of fossil fuels. In all of our decisions as a congregation, we consider carefully what resources of the earth we are using. Each of us at every age is grappling with how to act out our understanding that we are a part of the interdependent web of all existence. Now I'm sure that when we passed the congregational vision statement, you all read it very closely. And this statement, when you really look at it, is so bold, I think. It points to the reality that climate change and our warming planet is one of the outside factors we have to account for in the common purpose we define for ourselves. Over the next few years, we will engage in conversation with one another to more fully understand what we mean when we say we are an integral part of the transition from oil dependency to community resiliency. And certainly a piece of this is considering how this congregation can be part of the efforts in our broader community in Montpelier and central Vermont and across the state to live sustainably and in line with our seventh principle. An understanding of resilience as it relates to the goal of environmental sustainability comes from the field of social ecological systems. 
And in this realm, resilience is commonly defined as the capacity of a system to absorb disturbance and reorganize while undergoing change so as to still retain essentially the same function, structure, identity, and feedbacks. Now that's a lot of technical language. But essentially, community resilience in this sense is about responding to the changing conditions around us so that we can be the kind of community we want to be. One project related to this is being led by Project Zero Vermont, a nonprofit led by UCM member Dan Jones, which is committed to a sustainable net zero Montpelier. A project that they are launching this spring invites designers to help the public envision what a sustainably designed Montpelier could look like. And I'm sure Dan would love to talk with you more about this project, so please seek him out to learn more. This project is just one example of how our broader community is moving towards community resiliency. But community resiliency isn't just about the nuts and bolts of design and planning. I believe there is also a deeper spiritual aspect to what makes a community resilient. John Lederach again writes, when applied to the community level, resiliency describes the capacity to forge solidarity, to sustain hope and purpose, and to adapt and negotiate creatively with the challenges presented. In a word, the local collective becomes proactively engaged in purposeful ways that help them recuperate a sense of place, at-homeness, and voice. Lederach's description of resilience reminds me of the journey this congregation has been on over the last several years. With many transitions and heartbreaking losses, you have continued to forge solidarity with one another and have sustained hope and a sense of purpose. With the ongoing challenges we face on our planet, I think all of us within these walls and also beyond need to feel like we're a part of communities that can return to a sense of purpose and at-homeness, no matter how large or small the adversities are that we face. In the fall of 2011, Vermont faced the devastating impacts of Hurricane Irene. My own personal story with these events contains some mixed emotions. My husband Jared, now husband, Jared and I were gathered in Chicago with dear family and friends to get married when the hurricane came barreling toward the East Coast. Family from Vermont who had traveled to Chicago for the weekend ended up stranded as flights were canceled for, the, for an entire week after that. Natural disasters like this one are a brutal wake-up call that we are not immune from the impacts of such extreme weather events. Many communities across Vermont were reshaped, literally, after Irene, and landscapes changed dramatically. I was riding in the car headed towards Stockbridge from Bethel on Route 107 with Jared's mother, who grew up in South Royalton. And it was the first time that she had seen that stretch of the river since Irene. It was maybe six or nine months after. And she was just shocked to see how wide the riverbed had become, how barren the banks were now, that they had been filled with rocks to keep the soil from eroding where there once had been many tall trees. How is it that we find a sense of at-homeness 
when the very landscape one has called home changes before our eyes. Other global events can make us feel like we live in ever more unpredictable and fearful times. I was reminded of this earlier this week in hearing the news of the disappearance of the Egypt Air plane flying from Paris to Cairo. I immediately braced myself for news that this was due to some kind of terrorist act. The exact cause of the plane's disappearance is still being investigated, but in our terror and violence-filled news, we are conditioned to hear about that kind of violence. In these times of instability, we need to create and be part of communities that are spiritually resilient and that cultivate that resilience within ourselves. As John Lederach suggests, we need the capacity to stay in touch, to find a way back to the sense of personhood and community that creates authenticity and purpose. As the poet Wendell Berry writes, we need the wisdom to survive. We must stand like slow growing trees on a ruined place, renewing and enriching it. We must make our seasons welcome here, asking not too much of earth or heaven. We must have the wisdom to survive and the courage to create so that the abundance of this place, the songs of its people and its birds will be health and wisdom and indwelling light. So may it be. Amen.